Hi everyone, welcome back to Mine Uncovered. My name is Fabiana and I'm really happy to be here recording this episode for you. Actually, let's scratch. Yeah, let's scratch. Really happy and let's say thrilled instead because it's been three months since I last recorded something and while I feel terrible about that, I must say that it was something that I really needed to do because for the past years, you know, I've been working non-stop, always doing something, always being involved with something and I had never really stop to take care of myself and just like really ask myself hey are you doing okay you know and um there were some things I really needed to sort out about my life right now and my future life and just like really you know having this conversation with myself and asking myself if if this is where I want to be and you know where I want to be in like the next year or the next month or you know like in five years and that was just a conversation that I hadn't have and I really needed to because it was you know affecting my mental health a lot just like not knowing and that's why I needed to take the time off and it was something hard for me because this had really become something part of my routine I mean I really enjoyed um researching the topics and just um writing an interesting script you know with some jokes inside with like easy things that you guys could understand and then you know like recording the episode like a thousand times so that you could understand whatever I was saying and then also cutting off the parts I didn't like and editing the episode and and finally just like publishing it it was such a it was a very fulfillment experience um no wait fulfilling yeah fulfilling experience and I really missed this so I'm I'm really glad that I'm back and I remember that when I actually like took the decision to stop for a while I'm sorry for the barking like my neighbor has got a dog and he's a little crazy right now for some reason but yeah let's just ignore it and I remember that when I made that decision it was hard because I mean to be honest like I've never been the type of person that likes to take time off from something that you know she enjoys doing because I don't know I just really love being like committed to the things that I I enjoy that I like and I put a lot of commitment into the things I do but sometimes I feel like you know you reach your limit and when you reach your limit I think that it's just like part of knowing yourself and just part of like being strong enough you know to say okay you need you need to rest, you need to take this break, you need to you need to take a pause, and then you can keep going and, you know, like, come back 10 times stronger, if that makes sense, and I, I think that all I've got left to say is that I'm, I'm glad I took the time off, I'm feeling way better right now, and I've got some really exciting content for you guys, and I, I don't know, I'm just, again, excited about everything that's, that's going to come in the near future, I've got very interesting topics or at least for me and hopefully also for you prepare for you and yeah I can't wait so I really don't want to keep you know like talking about this because this is not where you came here from but I thought a little insight from what was going on in my life and why I stopped will be useful for you guys so you can understand my situation a bit more and hopefully you didn't miss me that much because I definitely miss talking to you or well, at you. I really don't know how, you know, like podcasting works. But yeah, so today um, I'm going to be talking a very interesting topic for me and that's brain and the memory. 
So in a couple weeks, actually next week, oh my god, yeah, next week I'm going to start with my mock exams for the IB program because my school decided to take like the known, yeah, the known official exams route. That means that our um, predicted scores are going to be kind of like a mix from our mock exams and then also from our internal assessments and that's the predicted scores that we're supposed to get from the IB when the program finishes but yeah so I'm gonna be taking it and I have to memorize a lot of things especially when it comes to like for example business management I have to like really memorize some of the formulas and then also just some of the content general as well as in chemistry for example and I have to do all that so I just really thought, hey, how my memory works, you know, how is it that I can process all that information and how it can just be stored up there. And then that and that, that's why we're, we're going to be talking about this today. It was just a little question I had and I did my research and I found some very interesting things. So I'm going to be touching upon, uh, well, of course, what's memory, you know, how memory works and then the parts of the brain that are related to our memory. Oh, we're also going to be talking about like short term memory versus t- long term memory. Why do some people have a better memory than others? And uh, some tips, you know, for improving your memory retention or prevent memory loss, as well as some scientific research and memory boost. So hopefully this is going to be interesting to you. You're going to find this informative, enjoyable. And that's pretty much everything I've got to say for now when it comes to the introduction. So I hope that you guys enjoy this episode. And with no further ado, I'm going to start with the actual content. Okay, so according to scientists, memories are held within groups of neurons or nerve cells called cell assemblies. Those interconnected cells fire as a group in response to specific stimulus. That could be a name you hear or the landscape you see at a certain place. The more neurons fire together, the stronger are the interconnections of the cells. That way, when a future stimulus activates a cell, the whole set is more likely to fire. Right, so there are some parts of the brain related to memory. The main four parts of the brain involved with the memory are the amygdala, the hippocampus, the cerebellum, and the prefrontal cortex. Okay, so as you know, if you've heard my episode about, yeah, I think it was the first one, it's the being stressed for me, you know that the amygdala's main duty is to regulate emotions such as fear or stress, and it also has a big role in the fight or flight reaction right so this all has to do with memory because it influences how memories are stored up because storage is influenced by the stress hormones so strong emotions help people acquire and retain lasting memories and amygdala of course plays a play it plays a part in that The amygdala is known to be as a kind of survival-oriented area of the brain. The things that are related to strong emotions, either good or bad, are likely the things that allow living beings to stay alive and live comfortably in their environment. And the amygdala acts as an advisor, as a little agent inside of your mind that, without you actually noticing, tells you what information may be useful to sort up from your daily life for your next use. 
Then we have the hippocampus, and the hippocampus is crucial in the formation, organization, and storage of new memories, as well as in the connection of certain sensations and emotions with these memories. The hippocampus plays a very important role in three kind of aspects of the memory. So first of all, in the spatial memory, because it's involving the processing of this kind of memory, and spatial memory has to do with location. So for example, you use it when you want to get to one place, or when you're trying to remember what you put this little hairband. Then the hippocampus also helps by memory consolidation and finally it also helps processing declarative memories such as facts or events. Next we have the cerebellum that processes procedural memories and these kind of memories are the ones that have to do like with processes of course, so for example how to bake a cake, how to play the guitar, um, I don't know, how even how to read, you know, how to read or how to ride a bike. And then we have the prefrontal cortex and this is going to help by the processing of semantic tasks. So those are ideas and concepts that don't come from the personal experience. Right, now I think this is very interesting and it's the short-term memory versus the long-term memory. So the short-term memory lasts for a brief moment, okay, so around like 20 or 30 seconds and it can go from short-term to long-term memory with techniques like rehearsal. So basically what you do when you have to learn your lines for a theater play or memorize something for your chemistry test. And then we have the long-term memory that can hold much information for a long time. And some memories can even last throughout our whole lives. So for example, I remember that when I was like two years old, for some reason, I really have this vivid image of that in my mind, you know. And every time I ask my parents, they tell me that like, you know, it's crazy how I can remember that because it was kind of tough for them to remember that. But I have like this vivid image of me riding a little dog you know it was like a golden retriever and i don't know why but i have like this really like this image and i can really like see myself doing that well of course like not see myself but like i can see you know like how i'm riding the dog in like this little park that we had in front of our house so it's kind of crazy and right now i'm 16 years old i'm about to turn 17 and i still remember that so i think it's just like really fascinating how the memory can like store up you know, like such little memories that may not seem meaningful, but then when you think about it, it's like, hey, you know, like I, I used to like dogs and now I'm so afraid of them because I had like this little accident, but it's it's crazy. And then when you think about it, sometimes you really want to memorize something, but your brain just doesn't cooperate, right? So you want to study and you're really committed to it, but suddenly your brain enters like in this mental free state in which it doesn't want to cooperate with you. And you can't memorize anything. And then you get frustrated. But of course, it has to do with the tension, for example. It has to do with the tension you're feeling. And also the stress you're feeling. Because you really feel like you need to memorize all of those things. Maybe like pulling an all-night or something like that. So I think that it's it's interesting, you know, like to, to see how our, how our memory works. The short-term and long-term memory. Yeah, so comment in a post of this episode. Um, what are some of your... Um, how can I put this, like some of your um, most loved long-term memories that you've held so far, that would be an interesting topic to, yeah, just to discuss about in the comments. Okay, so next, um, why do some people have a better memory than others? Okay, this is something that I've always wondered and I, I don't know, like I consider that I have a good memory, 
but not like the people who for example take part in this um memory competitions and they can remember like even the lit even the most little detail um just perfectly and they win trophies and just prizes because of that i'm definitely not at that level but i do know that some of my friends say that i have a good memory comparing to them so the answer to that question is that scientists have had a hard time finding out why is that some people retain information better than others or otherwise why some people forget things easier than others however researchers in germany found there's a relation between the dopamine neurotransmitters and the ability to recall specific past events so-called episodic memory in people they have found that having a greater density of dopamine receptors in the hippocampus results in a better episodic memory And this is related to genetics as well, since certain genes affect the density of dopamine receptors in the brain. But there are also the factors that influence the ability of memorizing facts or uh, events such as your attention span or your emotional state. So as I mentioned, when you're feeling stressed, for example, when you're feeling anxious, when you're feeling so nervous and you are just so overwhelmed, it's going to be very, very difficult for you to memorize something, mainly because your attention span is going, it's not going to be on the words you have to learn or maybe on the concept you have to grasp. Rather, it's going to be focused on the fact that you have to memorize the things, you know, not so much on the actual content, but just the fact that you need to know this for tomorrow. So your attention span is going to be somewhere else and that's why you can't really focus. So my personal advice in that case is just like really, again, take a little pause, you know, take a little pause, maybe go drink some water, maybe feel the, I don't know, the air on your face. If that helps you, it helps me a lot, you know, just like opening my window and feeling the air on my face. I love that. And it really helps me calm down. Or maybe just wash your face or go eat something or I don't know, dance, listen to a song, whatever helps you to calm down. And just think that, I think that what really helps me in those cases where, you know, like a concept isn't, a concept can stick with me and I can just, re- I, I can't memorize something. I think that something that really helps me is, okay, this is gonna sound like very basic, but really not stress that much about it and just keep going, you know? If you can't memorize something, then just go to the next concept, go to the next idea. And that way you're not gonna feel frustrated because maybe it's something that your brain cannot process because, I don't know, it's not something that you're so familiar with or maybe it's not a concept that you got that much while you were in classes. So right now, while you're studying, it's gonna be much more difficult for you to understanding and memorize it if you didn't get that, you know? So just keep going and then return to that one. And I think that that way, it's gonna be much easier for you to memorize it. Okay, and on the other hand, there are two main reasons why we may fail to recall an event or simply remember something. A a simple failure to retrieve information from memory is one of them. This often occurs when memories are rarely accessed, causing them to decay over time. So I really... I really cannot think of like an example of that but probably like for example um, I learned German right and uh, I debate I do this like debate in German and there are some like specific words that have to do like with specific areas so for example you've got of course different vocabulary when you talk about um, sustainability or different vocabulary when you talk about neuroscience and on my daily life my daily basis I really don't use those words that much 
So whenever I need to use them, I need to review them because my brain doesn't doesn't access that information that those words that much. As for example, when I'm talking about, um, I don't know, like homework or school, I use that vocabulary a lot, but not so much about sustainability or maybe like taxes. So I think that that's like a clear example. And something that's very useful then is to always keep um. Oh my god, I know the word in German, I know the word in Spanish, but I forgot the word in English. Hold on. Okay, I've just remembered it. <laughs> um, I think that a very good way is to just really like practice and repeat the words one, um, once or twice or three times, n times, you know. Because that way, even though like you're not actually talking or using them on a daily basis that that really really helps and it's helped me a lot while learning you know like german because i i'm really like not that connected with german for example in my daily life i think that i'm much more connected with spanish and with english than with german so i only talk german sometimes with myself <laughs> to practice or like with my german teacher and with this like friend that i've got but we occasionally talk so it's really like not that um powerful if you get what i mean but yeah so i think that practicing and again like rehearsing it's it's a very useful tool whenever you have to whenever you're learning a language because if you don't access those memories then you're going to fail in retrieving that information and the second reason why we may fail to recall an event or simply remembering something is that interference when memories compete with other memories so you can think of it as a soup with just a few noodles okay so th those few noodles are just like some of your memories you know that you're trying to remember and then suddenly more noodles appear on the soup and they're all tangled so you don't know which is the one you want to eat in the first place or which is the one you're pulling out to eat so this is definitely not my best analogy but i guess like the point is understandable because when there are many memories competing up there then it's going to be really hard for you to just pull out one and use that memory right okay now i'm gonna go with some tips for improving your memory retention or prevent memory loss the first one is to learn something new because it's going to help you work on your long-term memory especially the procedural one so if it's either you want to learn how to bake cookies or you want to learn a new language or you want to learn how to play the piano the ukulele or I don't know, the harmonic, for example, then I think this is a very good way to just prevent memory loss because you're going to keep your memory active, you know, and you're constantly going to make your brain work, your hippocampus work, your prefrontal cortex work, and that's a very, very useful way. The next one is to repeat and retrieve. So repeating things strengthens the connections we create between neurons. And this is especially when it comes to memory retention rather than prevent memory loss, I think. Because when you repeat and then retrieve, then you're kind of like rehearsing and you're practicing and you're accessing to those memories again so that they're fresh up there, you know, and that you can just pull them out whenever you need them. The third one is visualize concepts through mind maps, schemes, or diagrams. This is very useful, especially if you're like a visual person, because I think it really helps to, um, yeah, it really helps to see all of the concepts in, I don't know, like retrospective, and then it can help you retrieve the memories you have in a much easier way. So just like pull out those memories. 
the fourth one is relate new information to your already possessed knowledge by establishing relationships between new ideas and previously existing memories you can increase the likelihood of recalling that recently learned information this is something i try to do quite a lot especially when it comes to business management because i must say like it's not my it's not one of my strengths business uh business management so i really try to relate the new information with my previous knowledge so for example when i talk about i don't know like marketing you know how that relates to operations or how does marketing relate to i don't know like the seven p's you know from the marketing um yeah from like the marketing scheme and that's something that really helps me a lot also when it comes to chemistry for example you think about chemical reactions and then you think of like i don't know the factors that affect chemical reactions then you can um then you know what i like to do is to think of the factors and then just use the previous information i learned about chemical reactions about what are the perfect conditions for them to for, for them to actually happen and then i connect that knowledge that previous knowledge with the new one so that there's like a direct connection between them and i can learn the things or not actually learn but yeah actually learn you know that I can learn the things in a much easier way and that I also can memorize them in an easier way. And my last tip for you is something that may seem a bit too obvious, but it is eat healthy, have a good sleep schedule and exercise. And you may be thinking, yeah, Fabiana, we know that. We know that we need to exercise. We know that we need to sleep well. We know that we need to eat in a healthy way. But I'm going to repeat it and I've repeated it. I've repeated it. Yeah, I've repeated it because... I think that sometimes, many times, we underestimate the power that holding these healthy habits has on our mental health and, you know, like our brain health in general. Because there is an undeniable connection between brain and body that I think it's very important to have into consideration whenever we are creating these habits. So I, yeah, I think that this is pretty much the best tip I can give to you so far. Mm Mm-hmm. And just to wrap it up, I want to talk a little about scientific research on memory boost because I think it's, I think I've said, I think a lot of times in this episode, but just bear with me. I believe that there have been some really interesting, really interesting research going on the medical field, neuroscience field, because electrical stimulation has been proven to help by the memory boost of elderly people. Scientists from the Boston University stimulated the temporal and the prefrontal cortex with electric pulses, and once the stimulation stopped, the effect of memory improvement lasted about 50 minutes. Definitely something that's worth digging into, perhaps with the time it could become a way of treating amnesia, for example. And yeah... So that's pretty much everything I've got for you today. I really hope that you guys enjoyed this episode. I hope that you learned something new today, that you follow the tips I gave you, you know. Um, and just don't forget to comment in the post. Uh, yeah, don't forget to... Yeah, oh my God. Don't forget to comment on the Instagram post. Just the things I told you to comment about or what you thought about the episode, what you learned, you know, any new topics that you want me to talk about. I'm more than happy to do it. And if you ever want to join me as a guest speaker, you are totally welcome to do so. Just have to you have to just have to dm me and and i'll be more than happy to to have you here because i love talking to people and i wouldn't feel that lonely 
Um, so yeah, just do it and we can definitely schedule a meeting so that we can, we can, yeah, sort out the details. All right. So I hope you guys have a wonderful, wonderful week and I'll see you. I'll see you soon. Okay. Yeah. Take care. Bye-bye.